Hello there. It's Thursday. It's May the 28th, and it's the hottest day of the year in Ireland. It's 22 degrees. I'm sitting here in my shorts, my t-shirt, and I'm very sunburnt. Uh, by the way, my name's Kevin. This is the Yoga Life Podcast, episode 103, if you didn't know that. But yeah, I'm really punk, but uh, I'm not really podcast, I'm really sunburnt because I was out yesterday doing some landscape gardening with my dad, which basically means knocking down a wall uh, in my sister's house. And then we took it out and all the stuff in a wheelbarrow, loads of stuff. And as a typical Englishman, I said, you know what? It may be close to the hottest day of the year, but I'm not going to wear a t-shirt and I'm not going to put on sun cream. And now I am suffering my shoulders, but I'm here, you're here, and I really appreciate you listening. Today I have with me Taylor Hunt. Taylor Hunt is a level two Ashtanga teacher based in Columbus, Ohio, Ohio, if I can say it. He was on the podcast back in October 2018, and fascinating story. So go back and listen to, to that episode. I don't have the number here to hand, but if you search Taylor Hunt in my library, you'll, you'll find him. But this episode, we talk more about not the past, not the future, not the distant past, but the recent past, as in what it's like to start off being a yoga teacher, what it's like when you first do your training, and how do you break through into being a full-time yoga teacher. And Taylor had a really unconventional path. So I feel there's quite a lot we can all learn from, from Taylor's story. And now, I mean, the guy, you know, he's got a few kids, he's, uh, he's traveling around the world, and he's a powerhouse in terms of his output and what he's offering. I mean, his book, uh, Away From Darkness, available on Amazon, uh, six, 65 five-star five reviews, phenomenal. Um, he has the Trini Foundation. He does a ton. I mean, obviously, he's got his podcast, The Heartbreak Kids. So not only does he, does he do a ton, but he is teaching yoga for the greater good as in it's clear that yoga is a vehicle for him to affect dramatic change in people and I, I it's not just a fitness thing so um yeah i'm really inspired by taylor i, I this geezer is just um a pleasure to talk to and someone we can all learn a lot from so if you're not following me on instagram you can find him uh i think it's just taylor yeah taylor hunt yoga on instagram but Check him out if you'd like to check me. Check me out, that sounds weird. If you'd like to do any yoga with me, I'm doing my morning classes that are live at 7am and I am um, doing workshops that are going to be still every weekend. So uh, I have some more ideas coming up for teacher training. Uh, actually, teacher training is, 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 I think it may be available to book in September with Yoga Hub, myself and Jenny Keen. I'm not sure you have to check them out. I should have checked that first before I said that, but... <laughs> But I'll update everything on my Instagram, Kevin Ball Yoga. Listen, that's enough for me. Thank you so much for, for tuning into this podcast. Without further ado, here is the man himself, Taylor Hunt. Hey, Taylor, how's it going? Going great. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you. Uh, good morning as well, because it's, what time is it there in Columbus, Ohio? Um, it's 8 a.m. Just got done teaching, um, 8 a.m., and right into the podcast yeah yeah no i appreciate you the last time you were on was october uh 2018 so um 
Yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot has has changed. Thank you for introducing me to this uh, system of Zen car, Zen, Zen caster. Yeah, I'm never, yeah, gonna, it's great. Gonna, I'm never going to get sponsored because we can't pronounce the name. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's really brilliant. I mean, um, I I said to you before that one of the your podcast was one of the podcasts that uh, inspired me to to start one um, and uh, the high quality of it. And since this situation has happened i've been a bit um stuck i suppose i didn't know what to really do in terms of reaching out to people but this is going to be this is going to be a great system um yeah it it changes the whole ball game i mean it just gives you the ability to reach out to people who you you know couldn't meet in person so and it's very difficult to get any of the recording you know, through Zoom and, you know, I mean, you can do it through Zoom, but I mean, this is just, this is set up for podcasters. So I'm glad you, glad you like it. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so, you know, your podcast um, has the theme to me, it seems to be about um, this speaking to yoga teachers, find out why they got into yoga. I mean, they're lately diversified out outside of just, you know, speaking to yoga teachers, but um, I think that, and you mentioned this before, how sometimes we look at someone who's a yoga teacher who's maybe quite a senior, and we put them on a pedestal, and we think that it's they've we don't see them when they first started out. And I know when you were on the last last time you were on this podcast, we talked about uh, before yoga, you know, the early days for you, sure, and uh, and then we talk, talked about now. But what I never asked you was what how you actually started in teaching yoga and what that first few months were or first those early days were like yeah a great question um and because a lot of people don't know this but you know when i went through my teacher training um well first off um i was practicing for about a year and i Mm. got kind of inspired to um you know to start teaching but the only teacher training in town, because this is a, this is a long time ago, um, what, I mean, now there's a bunch of teacher training courses in, in Columbus. But um, the only teacher training is where, where I practiced at. And when I was practicing, I remember this lady coming up to me, um, or actually after practice, and she said, hey, um, you know, you should do the teacher training. You, you know, you're a really dedicated, you know, student. And that's what it takes to be a, a teacher. And, um, she explained that the program was at like 9am in the morning, um, on Monday mornings. And I was like, well, I mean, I have a job and Mondays are like the most important. I said, but if they changed it or they ever, you know, felt like weekends would be good or Thursdays or something like that. And, and, and I'm not kidding. I, I literally the next week, I don't know if they took my feedback or whether it was a God thing or whatever. I don't think it was a coincidence. That's for sure. Um, they changed the course to Thursdays and the weekends. And I went through this course and I was, um, you know, I was different than everyone else. Like everyone else felt like, or at least it seemed to me that they fit in a little bit more with, uh, kind of the yoga life. And, um, and I was just different just because of my background and, you know, addiction. And, you know, I just felt different than everyone else. Yeah. And, um, I, I did this course for about a, you know, a year and I, I got my voice, you know, I found my voice and, and I, I was inspired to teach and, 
you know, I wasn't going to reach out to yoga studios or try and wrangle people in. And the studio that I was learning it from, they didn't allow me to teach there. Um, and I think part of it was because they understood like where I was coming from. Uh, they weren't ready for me yet to a certain level. Um, what, and so what then what, why weren't they ready for you? Well, because I'm just not the regular yoga teacher. Okay. I, I mean, I mean, I, I still am not the regular yoga teacher. You know, I talk about, I mean, I'm not like, I don't feel like I necessarily fit in with, um, you know, a lot of yoga teachers because I mean, I, you know, it's not a fitness class to me. Um, I, I think that there's a spiritual component to the practice. You know, I believe it's about discipline and about showing up, you know, I'm a little rougher around the edges. I'm, I'm able to like look someone in the face and give them a hard time where, you know, a lot of times they throw around this love and light thing. You know, mm -hmm. and I'm like, it's not real, people. Like, that's not real. Like, we all have elements of love and light in us, but we also have darkness and sadness. And it's like, you know, I think the responsibility of a teacher is to to be authentic, to be who they are, instead of like what yoga culture has told them to be. You know, like open up your heart chakra. It's like, what are you talking about? Like that, that doesn't make any sense to the normal person. And it makes it an exclusive club for only the people that know what you're talking about. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I've always been different than the other people and they, they just weren't ready for that. Um, but when I got done with the class or got done with the course, excuse me, yeah. um, I, um, I was like, who can I, you know, teach to? And that's when I started reaching out to treatment centers um, that were dealing with helping people get into recovery. And I taught at uh, this is before yoga was a thing at treatment centers. I feel like now more so it's, it's definitely a thing. Um, and I started teaching at all the treatment centers. And so I really taught to the most difficult um, population that you could possibly, you know, teach to. It's like, you know, one of the places that I taught, it was called the House of Hope, or sometimes its nickname was the last house on the block. And what, what that was saying was, is that either they went to jail or prison, or they went into this halfway house. And I was dealing with like convicted felons and teaching them yoga. And, you know, I saw the power of the practice from the very get go, you know, like I would see how they didn't like it. And then they were, it was mandatory that they did it. I, I made sure that it was mandatory, like through their administrators that, it, that they had to do it. And then by the time they got done, a lot of those people would come up to me. I, I mean, majority of the people would come up to me and, and be like, that was the best thing that I've ever done. How do I do that again? And I was like, I'll be back next week, or you can come to this other class at this open, open class at this treatment center. Um, and I, I saw the the power of the, the practice. Um, and I saw what it, it did for me, obviously, but I was also seeing that it wasn't just exclusive to me as well. Mm -hmm. And so the first classes that I ever taught were to, I mean, I mean, maybe the first couple hundred were all to treatment centers. Um, it was just voluntary. I just, you know, did it as a volunteer and, and I shared the practice with them. So. Yeah, that, that um, is kind of an unconventional route because I think a lot of people tend to traditionally think, right, done my training, I'm going to do a CV, I'm going to send it to some studios and 
see what happens. Um, but to do it voluntarily and also <clears throat> not to just pick any old yoga job, but to do something that actually you really care about and you, you know, you can, you can maybe relate to the people <clears throat> more than most, most could. Um, well, I want to actually ask you that about, you said something very interesting about, it sounded almost like you were saying it's important to confront this darkness or, or do you think it's important to challenge your students and if so why i mean i think it's really important to challenge the students you know i i i think that i i mean that's sort of to a certain extent what i'm known for um mm -hmm. you know that's what the students somewhat expect from me now i don't do it for everyone like because i show up a little bit differently for everyone um, like whatever they need at the time, but I'm not afraid to push someone. I'm not afraid to confront them. I'm not afraid to say like, why are you not showing up? You know, it's like our tagline is bring your ass to class. You know, it's yeah. like, that's a pretty forward statement. It's like, no, it's like, you know, it's not, I hope you come to class, which gives a completely different feeling. It's like, no, bring your ass to class. Like it's important. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that, it is important to challenge them because I mean, where are they getting challenged in their lives? You know, like when are they trying to stretch their boundaries? You know, I could yeah. see where someone was doing that in academia or maybe some other professions, you know, but we get comfortable. And when we get comfortable um, in, I mean, we can get uncomfortable in our uncomfortableness, like with our lives, but we get in the spot where, all of a sudden it's like you're not growing anymore you know it's yeah. like just because i'm 30 or 40 20 30 40 whatever it is um that doesn't mean that i should stop growing and stop learning and comfort um and ease are the you know the biggest enemies of of growth and progress i think <clears throat> what you said there about uh, comfort and not seeking it is i mean that what's going to happen then is some people i'm not talking about you specifically but if you teach if we teach that way and we're challenging people there's inevitably going to be some people that just don't like us and i think one of the weakest things we can do uh, as people is to want to be liked by everyone because that that way we can't i don't think we can really be effective but if it's that, that thing of god if one person doesn't like you, you i i find that if you know, you have a hundred good comments and one bad comment, or you know, a hundred people say thank you after class and one isn't happy. You you tend to sometimes human nature to focus on that one person and you want to convince them to like your class. But I think that a lot of newer teachers starting out um, can look at your work and say, yes, it is good. It takes uh, not not cuts, but it's important to challenge people. And to accept that sometimes they may not like it, but um, the people that are your people, as I heard you say before, are going to stay with you. And the ones that aren't for you and you're not just not, not a match, then they're going to find another teacher that they do like. Because some people, like I, when I was used to play football as a kid, I liked it when someone, the coach would put their arm around me and be like, come on, Kev, you can do better. Whereas some people were more motivated uh, if they were given a bit of a bollocking you know if they were told off that was it, it was it was so we're just um you know so i think that it, it's it's important to remember that 
uh, and I was like at the start, trying to make people like you is a, a recipe for disaster. I mean, I just don't, I mean, Kevin, I, I don't care. I, I mean, it, it's when I'm giving someone a hard time, it's still coming from a place of compassion. Like I yeah. believe in you enough that I'm trying to give you a hard time to get you to stretch your edges, you know, yeah. to, to get you to get into progress. Like I see that I see the potential. I want, want you to grasp it because the, the lessons that you're learning on your mat are directly related to, you know, the lessons that you get in out, out in the world and how you deal with them, you know? Yeah. So like it, it still comes from a place of compassion. The, the hardest thing for, I, I don't, I don't care if people like me or they don't like me. That's, that's not, it's not a big deal to me. Um, in, in, in yoga, I can be somewhat of a divisive figure uh, to a certain extent um, just by the content that I put out. But um, I think that, you know, the real challenge for teachers is to find your voice enough to to really own it and then also just make sure that behind it is not like this narcissistic ego place. It's that I'm giving them a hard time for them, not a hard time for my show, for a show. Like, that's not what it's about. Like, I'm not just being a dick because I'm just being a dick. It's like I'm trying to actually help them. And some people are motivated differently. I play different cards with different people. What I've learned in yoga is that whatever you're the best at, you know, so let's just say I'm, I'm the best at being hard on students, whatever, or you're the best at being, you know, uh, supportive and motherly or um, supportive and um, encouraging to a, to a, a student or all the students, that one thing that you're really good at, that natural place where you kind of always show up at becomes a liability. And the liability is, is that you can love them so much that you don't help them anymore. And, or I can be so mean to them that like they walk away from me. And the balancing act is like, what does that person need at this moment? Based on the data that I have, you know, watching them, watch them move, what I know about their personality, all of that stuff. The balancing act is to come from a place of compassion but play whatever card the student needs at, at that moment. Um, yeah. And sometimes that means that I'm going to throw out the, you know, be hard on them card. And other times it means that I'm going to show up more mother, motherly and encouraging um, and supportive, you know? I, so, I mean, I show up in different aspects, but the problem with newer teachers today, or at least in my opinion, is that when they get out of their teacher training, they teach for a couple years, they always go to that one thing. You know, it's always like a, a peppy class, like it's an upbeat class. It's happy. It's got a great playlist. You know, it's like where all of a sudden it's like they don't get what they need after a certain point in time, you know? So yeah. eventually it's like, what do they actually need? You know, and what they need is sometimes like, you know, a, a more stern figure or they need someone to to hold them accountable and ask them why they're not showing up and like, and, and they understand that they're not showing up for themselves. It's not that you're not showing up for me. It's, it's because you're not showing up for yourself. And yoga teachers don't want to have those conversations too hard for them. So, and, yeah. and so then all of a sudden they're like, I want to be liked. I want a following, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, well, you're focused on the wrong thing. It's about teaching the people. It's not about like being liked. I, I had some of the greatest teachers in high school and in college that were just 
they you couldn't have a conversation with them. But when they gave a lecture, it was it was unbelievable because the information that was coming out of them and and their knowledge of you know whatever the particular subject was was powerful. And and that's what we're doing as yoga teachers. It's like we're we're not always we're not trying to be liked. We're trying to be professionals at our job. And our job as yoga teachers is to show them that there's this tool that if they use, they can change their lives. Yeah, that's so interesting. It's it's a bit like music. You know, you've got ACDC or a rock band that are kind of uncompromising or Led Zeppelin or something like that. And then you've got K-pop or, you know, um, the, the bass city sure. rollers or whoever like these. And it's if you like, if you look at these, uh, uh, some of these online yoga platforms, it's like a kind of a model slash fashion show. Uh, it's right. all about what what the you know sweetness and light. And I I scroll through. I, I won't say in case they offer me a job someday, but I, <laughs> I scroll through. You know, keep your options open, Taylor. But I, yeah. I I scroll through these different online yoga platforms, and it's, and I, with my girlfriend, and she wants to do a class, and I'm looking at doing a class. And a lot of the people, I just can't stand them because they're like, hey, everyone, you know, it's all like chakras and sweetness and light and all that. And I was like, this is so now maybe sometimes that's generally what people feel. But it's the same story of um, shine your chest and all this kind of stuff and feel the vibrations. And it's just it's almost uh, it's to me, it's very kind of lazy. It's just you're not there's no real connection there. And actually, I've been thinking about this because you do a lot of online stuff and I'm thinking to myself, um, you know, what do I like? And the one teacher say, I can mention that I, I did my 300 hours with dice E decline. Mm. I did my advanced training with him. He's on a platform. And whenever I go to that platform, I don't go to anyone else apart from him or Jason Crandall. I wouldn't go to any other teacher because those two guys and not because they're guys, but those two teachers are so, um, I mean, Jason Crandall is kind of, he's actually due to be on the podcast soon, but he's very dry in his wit, kind of almost sarcastic to a point where um, he's kind of a bit cynical. And it's like actually quite refreshing. You know, it's kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know? It's kind of funny that he'll say something and um, as opposed, and then also he'll say things and kind of question himself as well, as opposed to this is the way it is. Uh, Instead, he'll say, look, you know, few months ago i said this but actually i learned that it's it's this instead so let's try this and that right. way of i think i love that i that, to me i'm like okay this is someone i can invest some time in um what i'm interested though in your your evolution as a teacher because so from, from when those days of, of volunteering to now how would you say your te- teaching style has evolved i mean i show up quite similar I mean, because I found that I found my um, voice in those treatment centers and, um, you know, like I was really commanding those people through um, through classes. I think the the biggest thing for me right now is that it's not the only card that I play where I can be encouraging. I mean, at the, the very minimum, what has happened is that I've increased the the yin side of Taylor. I've increased the 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 female loving quality instead of, Mm. um, you know, this other, um, instead of getting more stern or getting more difficult with people, um, I've, I've come to a a closer sense of balance 
between the, you know, obviously the two forces of male and female that yeah. we kind of all embody to a certain extent. And so I think mm -hmm. that right now, I, at least I, I feel that my teaching is, is a lot more well-rounded. Do you think actually, is that a bit becoming a father affected that as well? Um, I mean, I think that the, the father aspect of what has happened to my life um, has definitely given me a lot more patience, um, a lot less fiery, um, a lot less, you know, I, I, I mean, I've become more encouraging, but yeah, of course. I mean, the fatherhood has taught me a massive amount about how to show up for, you know, these, these little people in your life. And so, yeah, of course, I mean, being a father has, has really changed everything for me. Um, and including my teaching, I think it's just, I, again, I think it's just given me a more rounded approach. I'm also more mature, I've grown up a lot. You know, it's like, I've, I've, you know, I've had at that time when I first got started, I didn't have any students, you know, now I have, I have students all around the world. And so there's, there's a certain sense of that. I've just kind of under, I understand more because I've been paying attention I, and I try and get better at my craft, just like we're mm -hmm. trying to get better at the yoga practice. I'm trying to get better at teaching how to become uh, more inspirational for people or motivational for them, how to hold them more accountable, how to keep things simple instead of like, you know, just dogging it down with a bunch of uh, details, you know, like, how do you keep this practice simple? It's like, all of that stuff is is just because I'm maturing fatherhood found a little bit more balance in it and in, in my entire approach. How would you say then your own personal practice has, de has developed? Wow. I mean, from when I went through teacher training um, in Ashtanga Yoga, we have primary series, second series, yeah. third series, fourth series. Um, we have all these different series that we do, and they take many years to kind of get all the way to um, third or fourth series. And over the last 14, 15 years, something like that, um, I've I've made it to the third series. I'm almost completed with the third series. We we basically do one pose at a time, and so my practice is has um, progressed over the last fifteen years, and. Um, Right now, I would say that it's maybe the softest that it's been. Um, and also the focus is really about the spiritual aspect instead of like getting the pose. I can do the poses, Kevin. I can do all the poses. They might not be 100% beautiful, Instagram worthy, but I can tell you that I can do the po I can do whatever pose I put my mind to. Um, it, it's just it's a question of um, when. I can do it, not a question of if today. When you say, though, it's become a bit softer, as it were, do you, do you and the more spiritual, I mean, because maybe there's a correlation as well, um, as a, as a, you know, as a man, as after you hit 30, your testosterone levels go down. This is, this is something that, I mean, I hope mine haven't gone down, but I'm sure they have, or maybe I'm in, in denial. <laughs> but um, uh, but I, I feel kind of the same way. Like my motivation when I was younger was like, right, I want to be really fit and you know be in good shape and stuff. And now it's a bit more about feeling better about myself and a bit 
calmer and um and I started to thread a bit more yin in um so have you have you what I'm trying to say is when you approach your practice and when you come onto your mat now you you, are you saying that you have a different almost a different intention that you want to is that what you're saying well I mean my first intention is always to just get moving um, yeah. but I mean, there's all also like the intention of like connecting with my higher power as well. Mm. And so I, I'm doing that through movement and breath and, and also setting an intention to like have an open heart and open mind. Um, yeah. and so I'm approaching it like that where in the beginning I was just like, let's get it done. You know, the poses that I struggle with, which there was many of them back in the day, um, mm. You know, I, I would be like, I want to make it to those poses so I can try them so I can get them today. You know, there was a certain level of ambition behind it. And I don't have, it, there's no ambition today. It's it's hard work. I'm, I'm doing the work, but there's not like this edge to like strive to be something else or to go further. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, um, that is, yeah, seems to be as a, a natural progression as we, as we get older, as we get more advanced, um, you know, Taylor, because you go around the world so much, uh, and you know, so uh, well, yeah, you go around and you do these workshops. What what would you say is something that people get wrong about you when they meet you? Assumptions. Um, I'd say. Well, I think the assumption is that you know, like that I'm difficult to talk to, or that um, you know that I can be so brash that you know, that I'm going to be a turnoff, um, you know, and, and kind of not like the style of teaching of how I, how I teach on a, on a, you know, for the workshop or whatever. And I think that, um, that's one of the things that they kind of get wrong with me. Um, you know, I, I am easy to talk about. I care about community. I care about the people. Um, I care about the, you know, the people that show up to my classes, to the workshops. Like I, I deeply care about them. All of what I'm doing is coming from a place of compassion, although sometimes it's being presented from compassion or from, you know, like from a, a more a direct, uh, stern place. And I, I think that people get that wrong. Um, so, hmm. yeah, that's um, that doesn't. I mean, the, the tattoos in themselves are, are quite. <laughs> when you see, you see them, you, it's, it's funny how you associate, and maybe as well, uh, like when you travel to the far east i mean in when i lived in korea to have tattoos is almost considered like you're part of the you're a gangster essentially and i i think that's why um it's uh did you ever experience that when people kind of were kind of uh their opinion of your tattoos yeah of course i mean i think <laughs> that you know everyone jumps to conclusions you know, they, they make up these assumptions in our head about, you know, how this person is in the world and, and it's not true. You know, it's a judgment that you're making on someone with, it's like reading the, the front cover of a book, you know, that my tattoos have no bearing on, um, or, and a lot of times people ask about them as well. So I'm able to, to explain them, but I think that, you know, people jump to conclusions all the time about how mm -hmm. someone shows up in the world. And it's like, well, you don't know anything about that person. And so, yeah, I mean, I definitely got it when I started traveling to the Southeast of, you know, the United States. And part of the reason why was because the, 
um, you know, there's, there, it's such a Bible belt down there, you know, it's a really Christian place. And so I show up with, you know, some Christian tattoos and Hindu tattoos and Buddhist tattoos. And they're like, who is this guy? And, you know, by the time I got done, I think everyone understood who I was, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's, um, that's, I, I, I suppose that's something that we have to, there's only, especially, you know, people look on obviously on Instagram and, um, and maybe, they don't. That's the benefit of having a podcast. I think is that you can kind of give more of your personality across, so that it breaks down that barrier, that transition of getting to know you. So when you walk into a room, people, if they've listened to your podcast for a long time, they're going to feel like they already know you, as opposed to just seeing pictures of you. Of course. Um, so, yeah. And yeah, I, and that I, happened I, with my book too. Right. Okay. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And people. And when do people um, then like? come up to you like it's say in your local area um can you kind of walk around freely without people having to bother i'm not saying bother you but <laughs> to speak do you, you know what i'm saying do you have like yeah. people that come up to you a lot and ask you questions yeah i mean it happens i mean it, it kind of happens you know a little bit all over i'm like a d-list celebrity <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I mean, and, you know, and maybe that's true. I don't know, but I'm, I'm sort of joking, but the, I mean, it happens to me in airports, you know, it happens to me at random places where all of a sudden, like someone will be like, Oh, I saw, you know, I've seen your Instagram page before, or, Hey, I've read your book. It meant a lot to me, you know, or yeah. at workshops, people will ask how my daughter is things like that. And I'll be like, do I know you? And they're like, Oh no, I've read it from the book. And there was just some amazing things that, you know, happened with your daughter that I, I thought, I thought was, you know, they, they would. And so they, they already know a little bit about my life. Um, and so it's a little weird for sure. But I mean, also the reason why I put out all of this stuff is because I'm, I'm really, I'm trying to help people. I'm trying to be of service today. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm trying to open up avenues where, you know, we can show that yoga on a consistent basis can help people be better, change, have new perspective and, and have them show up as, you know, as better people. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. That's, that's the thing is like, as you said, you're trying to help people. So part of that is you putting yourself out there and, you know, warts and all letting people know what you're, what you've experienced. And therefore, obviously when people meet you, they feel like um, they they know they know so much about you, and you don't know so much about them. But yeah. that is the that's the, the I suppose that's the, the thing is like if you want to uh, really reach as many people as possible, help as many people as possible, you can't be too precious about um, your an- anonymity or your privacy. Well, privacy is a different thing, but yeah. you know, what you put out there. I mean, I uh, I sacrifice that stuff. You know, like I, I sacrificed and I, I sacrificed, you know, like privacy and, you know, the struggles that I've had in my life to, to help other people. And, and so I'm okay with it. It's, it is the, the price you pay to, you know, kind of step up and say like, this stuff works. We can be better people. We can get sober. We can use yoga as a tool to get sober. You know, it's like being private about that stuff is, is, I don't think necessarily very helpful um yeah so yeah I've, I've you know but it does get weird and and it's fine but the the biggest thing is that i'm trying to i always on every podcast on every 
an Instagram post, on every video I put out. I'm just trying to be me. So I don't have to show up differently. You know, mm-hmm. like I just show up as me. I think the hardest thing for some yoga teachers is that they're not really what their Instagram is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I am what my Instagram is. Like how I teach on my Instagram is exactly how I teach in, you know, in regular classes. The things that I care about and I speak into the, the phone and, you know, just a talking head video. Um, those are the things that I talk about. Those are the sayings that I say. This is the language that I use. They're not overly scripted. I mean, it's all just me. So I, when I meet someone who, um, you know, has read that stuff or watched that stuff, it's like, well, that's, I show up, I'm the exact same person. I don't have to be any, anyone else, if you know what yeah. I mean. So. Yeah, absolutely. That because otherwise you're chasing your own tail if you're trying to keep up with something, an image that we've created. Um, yeah, yeah. That is the power of actually speaking directly to the camera, which you do a lot of. And I think I would advise. I don't. I don't do it because um, I, I'm quite dopey, uh, as in like I speak quite slowly, and I find that you kind of need to ramp up a little bit when you're speaking to that um speaking directly to the camera uh and i suppose it's just i don't know i i see that in my podcast is like the speaking bit and where i can kind of ramble on and <laughs> and yeah. uh, forget what i'm saying and stuff like this but but no when people can see you actually speaking just straight to the camera that man that is so powerful that and i know i know from doing my research that content is really um far more popular than just the picture the statistics yeah. Yeah, the statistics are pretty great, but I feel like that's the best way for me to share the things that I got going on in my head. You know, I got some new projects that I'm working on in it, and it's going to be, uh, you know, some major, you know, it's going to be some really intense stuff, and and a lot of it's going to be talking videos. What what projects do you have lined up? Can you say? Uh, I can't say right now, but I definitely got some things lined up, but I, I, I want to be more of service, um, you know, to my community, uh, not just my yoga community, but, you know, the city that I live in. And I also want to be more of service to, um, you know, the United States. I, I think we need strong leadership right now. And I think that uh, maybe I'll be able to play a, a bigger stage. Well, hold on a second. Vote Hunt. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> no I, i'm just yeah so that that could be trending this time next year we don't know but um <laughs> but um no that that sounds that sounds um exciting let's say that uh yeah. do you what, what do you plan to do you you mentioned before in the podcast that or with your podcast that you're going outside what do you see um the how the podcast developing or uh evolving yeah well we started with my students And uh, then we went to senior um, teachers, you know, people who were my friends and actually some people that I I didn't know as well that were still in the like Ashtanga community. But Mm -hmm. um, now we're reaching out to, you know, some more motivational people, um, nutritionists, you know, it's like now we're talking to, you know, people who are more like spiritual guides. I'm having them on. Um, We're talking about motivational uh, coaches, things like that. To just expand the, not not necessarily expand the audience, it's really to take the audience and have them pay attention to different things and have them learn, um, yep. you know, some, some different skills. And so I don't care if the audience gets bigger. I care about providing more value to them. So if I can have people on the show that share their story, 
talk about yoga, but have an area of expertise that um, can take the listeners and, and make them, you know, more knowledgeable in whatever area. I think that's, I think it's powerful. And so that's like where the podcast is going. You know, it's like the whole premise of the podcast is like, you know, why do we show up? You know, like why, why, and, and on our mat and on our lives and how do we practice yoga in those areas? And why are we committed to this practice? And, you know, and so talking to people that, you know, practice yoga, but also have this other thing that they do is, is pretty powerful. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, for, for the people that are listening to this, who are newer yoga teachers, it's important that you not necessarily, you don't, I mean, you don't physically meet the people, but you have people that you look to, you can say, I like what this person's doing, what that person's doing. And I, I can see that you don't have to all do it the exact same way. So if you're someone who isn't all sweetness and light and you feel like that isn't you, there's loads of different ways to be a teacher. There's loads of different ways to exist. And, um, and loads of different, and God, there's so many different um, options. There's so many things we can do as teachers. There's different ways we can teach. You know, a lot of times people think, right, I just got to do my training and then apply to a studio and do classes. And that's great. That's your bread and butter. That's how you, I think you're going to learn a lot. But you can also teach through a podcast. You can teach through, um, if you have a a foundation like you, you did, and you, you can uh, help in many different ways and in, in many different mediums. And um I, you know, Taylor, when I first started, I looked at you and I thought, wow, this guy is pretty uncompromising. I like that. I, I'm, it gives me a bit more, um, a bit more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of confidence. It gives me more confidence that I can be a bit more challenging when I write things or say things. I don't have to stick to a certain script and to please everyone. So, I'd like to say thank you for that, Taylor, because although I've never physically met you, um, you know, sometimes we think, oh, you know, a mentor has to be someone that you have meetings with and you see them all the time and stuff. But you can almost have a, a, someone who's a mentor from afar. You just look at them and they, you see how they do it and you think, oh, that's another thing that, another way of doing it. Yeah, um, well, well, thanks for that. I appreciate that. Yeah, 100%, man. Um, and also thank you for, for producing such a great podcast as well, because podcasters are podcasts are becoming more popular but i think that the um i just realized actually i'm actually recording my audio this is ironic but i'm recording my audio in my iphone things as opposed to my proper mic but this is this is ironic that i'm saying this but <laughs> it is important to do really good quality if you can uh and i think good quality audio uh is important especially if we're, if we're a professional communicator which is what a teacher is then a podcast is a fantastic way to connect with people, to share stories in a way that you're not asking people to be looking at their phone or they can do it while they're driving or they're cooking, they're cooking or they're cleaning. And uh, I, I think it's one of the best decisions I made. And it was one, your podcast and the Joe Rogan experience and a couple others were ones that showed me how it can be done so um so i'd recommend everyone even though they're listening on my podcast now go over and check out taylor's podcast the heartbreak kids as well um taylor um that is it sir we uh, yeah. we've covered quite a bit there um i really appreciate it. i know you're a very busy man you've got so much going on uh, any closing words 
Well, I would just want to say thanks. And I appreciate all of the, the kind, kind statements there, you know, but for everyone who's listening, it's like, you know, it's, there is this tool of yoga that can really empower people to live different lives. And so jump into the deep end, you know, and, and whatever resources that you needed, you know, whether it's through the podcast or whether it's through online classes or in-person classes, whatever it is, you know, get what you need from, you know, the yoga teachers. There's a bunch of amazing ones out there. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's, that's fantastic, Taylor. Listen, man, um, thank you so much. Um, and thank you for taking the time out of your busy morning to speak with me and share um, some nuggets of information with everyone. And I hope that we can do it again, maybe in another year. Okay, sounds good to me. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. All right, Taylor, all the best.